But my friend, Scripture has something to say. Scripture gives us, you and I, a responsibility. And so I want to just uh, talk about um, uh, this issue over the next three weeks. And uh, the idea, the big idea today is um, what is that involvement? What is our involvement to look like, according to Titus chapter 3 this morning? Next week, uh, I'm going to be talking about the fact that uh, God would not have us make politics our idol. And for some Christians, uh, who is in office, whether on the national level or the local level, is extremely important to them. And they are fighting with every fiber within them to make sure that there is a candidate, there is a person who represents their ideals. And they've made politics their idol. You know, that uh, uh, the future only looks as bright as those who agree with them who are in office. And so May 22nd, next Sunday, we'll be looking at uh, idolatry in politics. And then on May 29th, that's uh, Memorial Day weekend, uh, I want to talk about the issue of what is to unite us. Uh, politics... Um, what what party we represent, that is not what brings us together as a church. It's the gospel. It is Jesus Christ. And we will be reminding ourselves of this as we uh, observe the Lord's Supper on that, on that weekend. Now, when it comes to the casino issue, uh, is it the church's role... To um, to try to coerce, try to control this issue in our community? Absolutely not. The church's role is to help shape the decision, help help express the opinion of what God might think about this issue. But as a church, we cannot control the issue. That's what our the people who left England to begin this country uh, left a a culture that was um, uh, a state that was controlled by the church. And when our founding father said that there needs to be a separation between uh, the church and the government, uh, that doesn't mean that the church wasn't to have any influence that the church was to be silent. That was to keep the government from controlling the church. And the church can't control the government. And we have tried over the years, and that has failed miserably. So we can't control this decision. But certainly, the church should help shape whatever decision uh, is going to be made. And so I want us to look at Titus chapter 3. I should have told you this at the beginning. Hopefully you've turned in your Bibles to Titus chapter 3. It's not a very big book. It's in the, towards the back of the old, the New Testament after 2 Timothy. But I want us to look at our duty this morning when it comes to, um, politics. 
and our responsibility. And Paul has some words to share in verses 1 through 8 of Titus chapter 3. Paul says this, Remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, and to show perfect courtesy toward all people. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy and hated by others and hating one another. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, He saved us. Not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to His own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by His grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This saying is trustworthy, and I want you to insist on these things so that those who have believed in God may be careful to devote themselves to good works. These things are excellent and profitable for people. Let's pray. Father, I believe that these are timely words for us as your church here in Ridgecrest. And Lord, I know that we are not the only church and not every church in this community agrees on what our role should be about this very important issue in particular that's facing our community. But God, I pray that your word might come alive in all of our hearts. Help us to see how we are to conduct ourselves. Help us, Lord Jesus, to be you and to be that salt and light and the presence of your grace in our wonderful community. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, Paul is writing to Titus, who is the teacher, he's the leader, the elder of this church. And Paul is saying, remind them. And he's he's wanting to remind them about how we are to conduct ourselves uh, before our leaders. And um, it's when he says, remind them, this is, this is a verb that implies keep on reminding them. You know, this isn't just a one-time event, but this is the way we are to live our lives continually. But we often forget these things. And, you know, we'll be 
consumed by what Fox News is saying or CNN and uh, the newspapers, and we'll allow the media to drive or control our emotions. And God's Word has something specific to us that we need to not forget. How should a Christian act towards those outside our church? Paul says that we are going, we are to conduct ourselves um, to be as loving to the outsider as we are to those inside our church. Now, it's easy to love those inside our church. But if you are to, if you were to go to a city council meeting and you were to mingle or meet people who are opposed to your opinion or conviction about a casino coming to town, somebody that you disagree with, can you be as loving to them as you are to those inside the church? Paul is saying that's the way we need to conduct ourselves. He says, be submissive when it comes to authority. Obey those in authority. When, and we, when he says, obey those in authority, he's primarily discussing in this passage here, civil authority. Those who make decisions for our community. And it doesn't matter who the leader is. You know, as, as Paul is, is writing to Titus and those in Crete, uh, it's a difficult time. You know, Nero was the, was the, um, the, um, I don't want, I don't want to say the Pope, not the Pope, what was it? What's that? The, Emperor of Rome at that time. Okay, Nero was an evil person, and what Paul is saying here is that we need to be submissive to those or in authority to be obedient. And when it talks about being submissive, it's the same as what Paul is referring to in Titus chapter 2, verses 5 and 9, when it comes to the wife being submissive to her husband or a slave being submissive to his master, that's how we as believers are to be submissive to those who are in authority over us. We are to obey them. And that is not easy to do. It still isn't easy today. But as godly people who represent the Lord Jesus Christ, we must be people who respect authority. I don't know who's going to be elected in November. Our president today, and I'll have more to share in just a moment, we don't agree with everything that uh, he's in favor of. But we must respect our president. We must be submissive to him as it is possible. Now there is scripture does give us an exception clause. Alright? When scripture when government is trying to enforce things on us that are opposed to God's law, Scripture gives us the um, 
the, the freedom, the, the space to disobey. To obey God's laws as opposed to man's. Acts 5.29, Peter said this, We must obey God rather than men. So, our president made a decree on Friday, and many of you, I'm sure, read that, where uh, he imposed that all restrooms in public schools across the nation were to be that are to be gender neutral. That restrooms, no matter what your sex is, you have the freedom to choose whatever bathroom you want to go to. Uh, As as you are, um, as you identify yourself sexually. That law is incredible. That decree is incredibly ridiculous. And the reason why it's ridiculous is because our government is denying, is suppressing the foundational design of our Creator God. It was God who said that I will make man male and I will make man female. This was, that God drew the sacred boundaries. And we live in a culture today that wants to erase that those boundaries. And wants people to know, believe that uh, what, however you identify, that's okay. That's, that's your reality. I, I don't know if you saw something across Facebook here recently, but uh, there was a person going across a, a secular campus... I'm not sure where it was, but he was interviewing college students. And uh, being a man, he said, if I were to identify as a Chinese woman, uh, four foot nine, um, what would you say? And gave the person the microphone. And the person says, well, that's okay. If that's your reality, if that's what you believe then that's all right. And he went to number of students and just would would uh, create these uh, unbelievable scenarios and people would not say, well, that was wrong. No, what they would say was, if, if that's your truth, then that's your truth. They're convinced that there is no absolute truth. And there is absolute truth that God has designed for our benefit, for our protection, for to bless us as we live within those boundaries. I can't imagine taking my granddaughter shopping at Target. I I can't imagine that, period, you know, shopping with them. But... Suppose I was shopping with them at Target and I didn't have anybody else with me and one of them had to go to the bathroom. I couldn't, I can't send them in to a women's bathroom anymore. I, I certainly don't, they're, they're going to be, you know, feel very uncomfortable if they, if I were to have to go take them into the men's bathroom. 
But to just send them alone into the women, I don't know what's behind those doors. I mean, we live in ludicrous days. And we're getting to the point where, you know, we're going to have to just um, put uh, porta-potties in the courtyard of the school, shut down the restrooms, and just put porta-potties there and just make them single stalls. But what the president has decreed is absolutely wrong. And there are times, church, where our community, our churches, people need to stand up in civil disobedience. And we've arrived at that point. And the Bible gives us permission. Because we must obey God's laws before we obey man's laws. But in disobeying, we must be respectful. We must respect authority. But we must be ready for every good deed. Being ready isn't a knee-jerk reaction to immoral things going on in our society. You know, it seems like this casino issue is a knee-jerk reaction. But even in standing up and being and opposing this, um, the the idea of a casino coming into Ridgecrest, we need to be respectful, and we need to be ready for every good work. I wrote to the mayor. Um, Friday morning, I sent her an email, and she was gracious to respond. And uh, I shared with her, you know, I don't know how you all are going to uh, ultimately decide on this issue. But rest assured, if you um, if you vote for a casino to come into our community, I am not going to lead our church to be woe is us. We're going to continue to serve this community and respect who you are, and do good deeds in our community. And that's what Paul is telling us to do, that we need to be ready for good work, for every good work. And our church has done some good works for our community. Vacation Bible School is a perfect example. It's an opportunity for children of our community to come into a safe, loving environment and to hear the Word of God and and share the Gospel and make Bible study fun, enjoyable. And it's not just for us. It's for everybody. And it's free for everybody. Another good example is the Monday night dinners and uh, being able to provide a, a good meal, a healthy meal for those who are struggling financially. Be the church has been a good work that uh, our, our church has let out in, and we need to bring that back this next year. And we've put it into our budget. But it's an opportunity to express God's love to others outside of our church. The Ridge Project is an opportunity for our church to come alongside uh, another organization in our community. And again, do 
good work. Adopting these impoverished elementary schools is a good work. And I need your help this morning, church. Because um, we have some funds set aside for our Jerusalem, for our community, through our budget. And the elders are struggling with what we should do. You know, how, how, how can we provide good work? How can we touch our community uh, as a church? And if you have an idea, if you have a thought, and you would like to put feet to that thought, would you take that connection card this morning and let us know what we might be able to do as a church as the elders are considering how to, um, how to touch, how to minister to our Jerusalem. All right? And so that would be helpful to us. But Paul says in verse 1, remind them, continually remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work. How are we to be uh, submissive? Uh, How are we to be obedient? Well, one of the ways is in verse 2. Look at verse 2. To speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, and to show perfect courtesy toward all people. In other words, be considerate. Don't be a jerk. And I say that in love. Be considerate. You know, I don't know if you've been to city council meetings. But when I go to city council meetings, there are some people that always have something to say. And it's the same people that have something to say over and over again. They're like a dripping faucet that you cannot stop. And some, some claim to be Christians. But they don't come across very Christian. And they give Christianity a bad name in this community. And I cringe every time they get up. Paul tells us, Paul's telling these Christians, be considerate. And he describes what good deeds are. Don't speak evil of anyone. Avoid quarreling. Be gentle. You know, as I was walking into the city council meeting uh, this last Wednesday night, the opposing side was there handing out waters of bottles to everyone that was coming in, offering them waters of bottles. I mean, they were showing good... What did I just say? Huh? Waters of bottles. Okay. Bottles of water. But they were doing what we should be doing. You know, they were showing kindness. They were being considerate. And these are, are Paul's words. This is Paul's exhortation to us. <clears throat> I had a joke I was going to share about um, 
our government officials, but that would have been hypocritical of me uh, in this message, so I'm going to forgo that. But we need to be peaceful, peaceable, uh, respect authority. Don't harass or attack their positions. Be gentle, courteous. Be easy to get along with. Show consideration for all men. Treat everyone with an equal measure of respect. This is not only our responsibility as citizens, church. This is our responsibility as Christians to be a good witness. To be law-abiding citizens. Has that been your attitude? Again, I am so grateful for those uh, who spoke from our church Wednesday night. You were very respectful. You were humble. And that came across well. And I want to encourage you this week. Uh, Today, tomorrow, the next city council meeting is this Wednesday night. If you haven't sent an email to the city council members expressing your convictions over this issue, would you please do so uh, before Wednesday night? Uh, This last Wednesday night, uh, Lori Acton uh, mentioned that she has received hundreds of emails and most of them um, supporting a casino coming to, to Ridgecrest. Now, she was, uh, she, now not many of those supporters were in the audience this last Wednesday night. They were overwhelmed with those who were opposed. But they're paying attention to those emails. Would you send a positive, humble, kind email to each of our city council members, uh, letting them know of, of your disapproval of this because they need to hear from every one of you. Uh, As you leave this morning, you're going to be given uh, the email addresses of our city council council members. And I want to encourage you to apply this message and be respectful. Be submissive to authority, but share with them how you feel. Why why are we to be submissive? Why are we to be obedient? Why are we to um, not speak evil and to be gentle and be courteous towards all people? Because that's the way Jesus was with us. Look what Paul says in verse 3. This is how we once were. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy and hated by others and hating one another. But, but when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, He saved us. Friend, that is the gospel. And we
we need to treat others just as God treated us. Jesus wasn't unkind. He wasn't condescending. He was gentle. He was loving. And he took the veil off from our eyes and showed us his love. And showed us his way of forgiveness through the cross. And if we are going to influence our community for the good, we must be like Jesus. You are not going to be persuasive by being ugly, by being disrespectful to those in authority. You will be heard. You will be an influencer as you care for others. And if, as you are like Christ unto others, and even if they don't go with your conviction or with your opinion, guess what? You still need to be respectful and kind. Paul is telling us in this passage of scripture, that we need to remember the gospel. What Jesus did for us, we need to be Jesus to others. Show grace. Don't come into a heated conversation and debate and throw gasoline and make matters worse. It's not going to help. We need to have the attitude of Christ. Look at Romans chapter 12 this morning, verses 17 through 21. Romans chapter 12, verses 17 through 21. And this is, this is in the, in the context of uh, Paul talking about uh, authority. Verse 17 says, Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will keep burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That is our responsibility as believers. God is our highest authority. And God treated us unfairly. He didn't give us what we deserved. He gave us what we didn't deserve. His grace and His love. And that's what we need to be doing for others. We have been people who have been changed by the gospel. And we need to remind ourselves of the gospel over and over again. And as the gospel transforms us on the inside, as we run across those people that are opposed to us, our defenses aren't going to come up. We're not going to be 
thinking of something we're going to say to justify our position. No, we're just going to care about them. We're going to learn their name. We're going to find some common ground and work together. Uh, that's Those were my words to, to Scott. He's kind of the leader of the, the opposition over the casino issue. And him, him and I agreed to meet uh, before city council this last Wednesday night. And uh, we both agreed that we didn't know where this decision was going to go. But we knew that it was going to create division. And that we would work together to encourage unity following this decision. Whatever way it goes. Folks, if a casino comes to town, you may not agree with me on this, but if a casino comes to town and it's located right across the street from Emanuel Christian School, absolutely the worst location in our community, you know, commuting a message that is diametrically opposed to each other. Here we have the base, the crown jewel of the Navy, now sitting next to a casino. If the casino is built there, I don't want the casino to fail because it's going to be an eyesore in our community. And if the casino thrives, they're going to build an entertainment venue. And the dream is that Ridgecrest is going to become a tourist destination. I I know, I know. But if there are named entertainers that come to Ridgecrest and the parking lot is overflowing across the street. Well, I want people to park in our parking lot here at Emanuel Christian School, and we will be servants to our community. It would be an opportunity to just minister to these people, wash their window, thank them for parking here, and just love, love on people. Do good deeds. I hope we don't get to that point, but if we do, we need to be Jesus. And I'm not saying that so that we can be men pleasers. We are to be God pleasers. We are not to live in a way where everyone, doesn't matter what their background does, is likes us. No, that's cultural Christianity. And cultural Christianity is dead. There are mainline denominations who have succumbed, that have just gone with popular opinion and have disregarded God's word. That is not the gospel. The gospel outlines what sin is. And we need to be clear about sin. Because as, until people admit that they're a sinner and that, that Jesus died for their sin, they're not going to be, they're not going to experience 
the freedom that Christ came to give them. We must be convictional Christians. But in being convictional Christians, we must represent Christ. When we were at our absolute worst, Christ came and died for us. That's how we need to treat others. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 13 and 14 says, Be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. Let all you do be done in love. This is our calling. Speak the truth. Stand for what's right. But do it in love. Don't be a jerk. Let's pray. Father, these are... uh, These are strange days in which we live. What's right is being called wrong, and what's wrong is being called right. And the church, Lord, in many ways has lost her voice. Your voice. Because we haven't conducted ourselves like you want us to. God, help us to love others like you loved us when we didn't like you. Is there a person that comes to your mind right now? that you're having a hard time loving? What good deed can you do to change the relationship? To encourage a a new conversation, a healthier conversation, God's bringing someone to your mind right now. The Holy Spirit is saying, do something about it. You take the initiative. Don't wait for them. God found you. Now in return, you go and do likewise to others. Father, I pray that we would represent you well in this community, that we would be your witnesses, that we would help others see, Father, how much you care for them, that opportunity for the gospel might be open in hearts 
that are slammed shut right now. And one of the reasons why they're slammed shut is because the way Christians treat them. God, help us to go above and beyond, transformed by the gospel. Jesus, what you did for us. Thank you, Father, for this important reminder this morning. May we apply it. In Jesus' name.